0: hi stably hi jerry how's it going it's going okay how are you
1: i'm doing good excited for uh new season
0: oh of uh american handbag um yeah no are you you cheering for the new york city uh uh, argonauts
1: Um, no, I'm excited for the new EFL season that started uh, last weekend oh, with a okay. victory for the Foxes. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. It's... Amazing what you can do when you're at your level.
0: <laughs> all right. We'll be seeing you. Yeah. Um, time, will, time will tell. All right. Stanley,
1: today we are going to be discussing my pick, uh, Up From Conservatism, by Michael Lind. Uh, which is a book that I've had on my shelf um, in actual physical form for like two decades at this point and <laughs> never read. Uh, I've, I've like picked it up and like, I started reading it, and and uh, you know, somehow, yeah, just, I never, I just never read it really. And uh, I said, why not? Let's do this thing.
0: <laughs> okay. yeah. Um, yeah. YOLO is the kid's say, right?
1: Yeah, indeed. Mm. Uh, so what did you think? Oh,
0: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it, I guess it should have stayed on the shelf. Uh, <laughs> that bad? I I didn't care for it. Yep. Yeah. Um, we can get into why I guess, but uh, well, I guess we should. <laughs> no, Sound I don't think. Point. Yeah. Um, it's so screechy. That that was my problem. Is um, well, one, I, I'm not I'm not competent to. I don't know if what he's saying, well, you know, the book is kind of a history of the the right in America or conservatism and why it's awful. I'm not an expert enough to know, like, is he actually giving an accurate history? Because he's so angry Mm -hmm. in the book and so obviously, as you could say, partisan that it's hard to say, like, is this, like, is this just red meat for your side or is it an accurate history of uh, the opposition? I'm sure there's lots of like truth to what he wrote, but I, I don't know. Like, it's always like the worst possible <laughs> interpretation of what happened, uh, except for libertarians, who I guess he he thinks is like little autistic retarded children. <laughs> it,
1: it's funny he sees them as useful smarties. Is what? I'm yeah, yeah,
0: useful smart idiots. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, like his I'm not going to say it's a caricature of the right because I, I I really don't know. I expect you to fill me in on all of this because you were around for oh, uh, these fights in the uh, 60s and 70s. <laughs> you're, you're you're 100 years old, Jerry. Uh, so, um but yeah, uh, the overall tone, you know, it's it, he's not like steel manning anything. It's a lot of a lot yeah. of straw is being burnt all over the place. And yeah, it's just it eventually kind of gets gets great satire. Yeah. yeah as i yeah. said before we started recording recording it should be called everyone i don't like is racist right <laughs> which which might be true i don't know <laughs> these are republicans we're talking about <laughs> so uh yeah that was kind of it was just hard to get through it was actually yep. hard to like start I mean, oh really get th- yeah hard to get into and then kind of hard to get through and then you just kind of fall down at the end it's like oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's funny i found it um, easy to start, which is why. So I started reading this book not for, for WAP. Just, I just picked it up and started reading it. And as I started reading it, I'm like, oh, this is perfect for WAP, just because it's, you know, he touches on a lot of the, the themes that we uh, are famous for oh. uh, <laughs> on this podcast. And, um, and yeah, so I think it started, uh, and especially when he got to his caricature of, the conservatism as triangular trade between like foundations and the corporate world uh bc think tankery and uh populist grassroots or whatever mm-hmm. um like i thought that would be right up our alley uh to discuss because I so i found that stuff very you know just interesting to to, to see that
0: caricature um it was interesting it was just kind of like so so screechy and plotting and like angry is well we'll get to that we'll get to yeah and
1: and then as it went along then it got then it became it basically got harder and harder for me as it went along right and then when he was going to tell you why you know tax rates aren't regressive and you know like it's like okay um so uh I think that there are nuggets in here, little gems, right? Like little tiny, little, like that are interesting. And I think are Mm worth, worth taking. Um, But yeah, I, I too, uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, This shit is, uh, let me put it to this way. There's one, one particular thing, which is kind of um, uh, foundational almost, um, or at least the big part of his argument Um, that is completely wrong. And it makes me wonder about uh, other parts, right? So uh, his characterization of Father Coughlin. uh, Here we go. Right? This is completely (laughs) wrong. Okay. In in what way? Okay. Well, he basically... (laughs) Defend uh, your boy, Jerry. No, no, no. To the contrary. I mean, um, everything he says about Father Coughlin is true. Father Coughlin was a uh demagogue anti-semite um who uh uh you know i mean you know who was a populist etc uh, and he basically he, he keeps bringing up father coughlin throughout situating him on the right and basically drawing a line from father coughlin to um rush limbaugh basically uh to rush limbaugh and pat robertson specifically he yeah. in the pat robertson chapter he Compares them throughout to Father Coughlin basically saying, these two guys are, um, you know, uh, anti-Semitic demagogues with a broadcasting platform who are swaying the, you know, dumb populace, right? Uh, The problem is that Father Coughlin was a leftist. I mean, and there's just no question. I mean, I don't understand where I mean I do I do know exactly where where this myth of Father Coughlin
0: being because everyone on I right. disagree with is a racist.
1: Because if you <laughs> are an anti-Semite who supported um uh the Nazis, then you must be on the right. Yeah. Uh and it's like I I, I just before I we got on, on this, I looked it up on Wikipedia. Here's Wikipedia, right? Not Wikipedia, which is not, <laughs> you know, not necessarily a right wing, whatever. He says it says. Uh, Initially, Coughlin was a vocal supporter of Franklin Delano Roosevelt and his New Deal. He later fell out with Roosevelt, accusing him of being too friendly to bankers. In 1934, he established a political organization called the National Union for Social Justice. Its platform called for monetary reforms, nationalization of major industries and railroads, and protection of labor rights. Uh, Among NUSJ's Articles of Faith were work and income guarantees, nationalizing vital industry, wealth redistribution through taxation of the wealthy, federal protection of workers' unions, and limiting property rights in favor of government control of the country's assets for public good. Illustrative of Coughlin's disdain for free market capitalism is this statement, Quote, we maintain the principle that there can be no lasting prosperity if free competition exists in industry. Therefore." It is the business of government not only to legislate for a minimum annual wage and maximum working schedule to be observed by industry, but also to curtail individualism that, if necessary, factories shall be licensed and their output shall be limited. Okay. I
0: don't know, Jerry. Sounds like a nitpicking.
1: Sounds, sounds <laughs> like, a, like a real reactionary to me. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh,
1: so anyhow, so maybe we should take a, a big step back and, and 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 just talk about what this book is. and. Yeah and i think it, it what this book is gets to why it's so angry uh michael lind uh was a up and coming star in the intellectual journalistic you know men of letters uh uh space on the right um in the like late 80s early 90s and uh he had befriended um William F. Buckley, who had uh, kind of mentored him and, and uh, promoted him, uh, but he increasingly became um, sort of disillusioned with the, you know, the the right that he was a part of, and eventually had a public falling out. Um, in particular, he wrote an article, basically uh exposing uh pat robertson's um writings which were all there for the world to see but people i guess you know never bothered to to go look at the books he had written Mm -hmm. you know kind of showing the guy's a you know deranged uh anti-semitic conspiracy uh uh guy uh talking about the illuminati and and the rothschilds uh etc not all rothschilds not not all rothschilds um and uh uh and what and uh basically had a big break and i think he's he was kind of in the in the wilderness at this point and so he he i think he he got strange new respect from the left yes um and i think this book is kind of like a product of that right like um it's, it's like one of these somebody on the right breaks with the right and so they get to write a book that liberals will buy to tell them why the right is so terrible. Even though in the book he also points out that, you know, the left is no, you know, he, he's not a leftist, right? Um, and so it's interesting. It, I, um anyhow, so, so that's why his book is, is this is what the book what the book is. It's a um it's kind of an explanation of why he broke with the right. It's a because and essentially his point might you, you might say he would say, I didn't leave the right, the right left me.
0: Ooh, okay. Correct. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. And so he is, uh, uh. You know, castigating this right that he didn't sign up for and that he doesn't like. Um. And then he's also outlining the fact that what he belongs to, this right that he belongs to, this uh, vital center. You know, to to use a phrase, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, this radical center. Uh doesn't have representation in uh, organized politics, right And basically the, 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 there's no party that represents this strain of thought. Uh, and um,
0: which, which is basically like it's New Deal liberalism.
1: It's New Deal liberalism. That's which right.
0: I don't know why he just I mean he kind of calls it that at some points and doesn't, but like essentially like this is just New Deal liberalism. It's, it's basically the democratic party of like this up to like Rem- the mid 80s just remove all the, like the social
1: no he, he's he's right so what one okay so here's one of the nuggets that i thought was very interesting is that he basically puts the blame uh he, he puts the blame on everything that's gone wrong um on the far left on the new politics uh, new left dems right. that yeah. right on the McGovernites that basically destroyed the new deal um, coalition um and then therefore you know, basically left uh uh new dealers without a party um and so it basically shifted everything to the right because your choice as an american was either McGovern okay or you could go for a conservative dem like uh, Carter or Clinton, or a um, uh, what do you call it a, a Chamber of Commerce Republican, or a far right Republican. He would say like you know Strom Thurmond or something. you know what I'm saying exactly. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So no. yeah, he, he develops like a schema right of yeah. like American. Yeah political, uh, I don't know, persuasions or something. It's not, he says it's not liberal, conservative, there's gradations and, and all this other stuff. Many tables, lots of game theory. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for interrupting.
1: Yeah, so, um, so I thought that, that that was interesting. And uh,
0: where was I going? Uh, I forget where I was going. Well, so like this whole discussion is so the book is written, published in 96, probably written, I mean, before I think yes. the election, right? <laughs> so he's kind of reacting to the 94 uh, congressional elections. Yes. In a lot of ways, right? Yep. And, you know, part of the, well, a large part of the first part of the book is uh, like throwing <laughs> mud and shade at uh, Republicans and conservatives for thinking that they have like caused. right-wing revolution like this is where he starts to get into the gradations of american like partisanship and he points out that like you've actually done nothing like the only reason people like normal people vote for you is because my party which he doesn't say as much but really he's a democrat is a democratic party like blew up and um split and all he doesn't really say all the normal people (laughs) I had to make a decision of am I going to keep voting for like hippies basically and black nationalists and ultra feminists represented by kind of like left liberalism or do I have to vote for like Jimmy Carter and or Reagan, right? Right. Like kind of maybe not conservatives, but they don't appear to be super conservative or Bill Clinton, right? So like a lot of people shifted to the right, even within the Democratic Party. It has nothing to do with Republicans or your stupid ideas. Uh, that's kind of the point he was trying to make yep. uh, for a few chapters.
1: Yep, I think that's right. And you have all of these like white uh, ethnics, Catholics, right? Yeah, we part of that New Deal coalition found themselves like, he, he, he makes a good point. He, you know, he kind of uh, shows the 68 convention uh, fight between these fucking hippies <laughs> and on the one <laughs> hand and the on the other hand the irish cops right mm-hmm. uh, of what's what's the mayor's name daily right daily yeah right and um fast forward to 72 At with mcgovern's you know you, so well i guess between there you have mcgovern mcgovern gets put in charge of the commission to reform um uh the you know the the selection you know the basically convention process this is where primaries stanley Um, get solidified. Um, And what ends up happening is you take away all the power from the old uh, ward bosses, right? The dailies of the world, the LaGuardia's of the world or whatever um, that were like the pillars of the New Deal coalition. Um, You get rid of all of them. And instead, and this is in the party, in the new party charter, right? You have uh, reserves, seats, like, special voting superdelegates or whatever seats for particular groups for blacks for women for young people right uh none are reserved for like white ethnic okay and so um and he shows like in 72 i think dailies so there were like competing delegations or something uh from illinois and like daily was shut out <laughs> he was not allowed to go to the convention and the illinois delegation were was composed of purely minorities <laughs> okay there was not there was like one italian uh, uh in there <laughs> one italian. one italian um anyhow so this like' a, like basically no the
0: uh um
1: so that was like a, a microcosm or whatever of yeah of what happened. And so all these people that, you know, all of the Irish cops of the world, um, you know, it wasn't very long before they found themselves just by inertia or just in the Republican camp and then add to that, what he would say, the, you know, demagogic adoption of populist rhetoric by Republicans and the Southernification of the right, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, that's where they are, but they don't really belong there. Right. And he says, you know, if there was. So anyhow, uh, that raises a bunch of questions for me, which I, you know, it's like. Um... So he throughout the book talks about what he is like, what, well, what we what you and I would call it just New Deal liberal. He calls it national liberalism. OK, yeah. which is really funny because today um, what we call this new movement that is kind of taking over the Republican party is national conservatism. Right. And they sound very, like if you look at what they stand for, kind of seems the same. Uh, And, and then I wonder if, um, you know, do you draw a line between that back to Pat Buchanan? Because he is pretty, you know, anti-Buchanan.
0: Do I personally? I mean, uh, you know, when people think of Pat Buchanan, I don't think they think about his like economic okay. policies, right? Which is the point that Lynn uh, Lynn makes, right? It's like he, Pat Cannon is not a free market uh, absolutist, right? And correct, therefore, the the uh, think tank industrial complex had to destroy him correct. by attacking him for. Cultural reasons because they dare not bring up his um, economic policies, would be super popular with people. So I guess when you think of him, you think that he's a racist and anti semite which right. he might be. But yeah. uh, and so my my question is, why does he buy into that? Right.
1: I mean, although it may be true, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He he might like. I'm surprised. Not I guess I'm not surprised, but like Pat Buchanan should have been an opening for him and his views, right? You could, so you, so take the movement that Pat Buchanan started, try to excise out the culture war stuff that you don't agree with. Right. But here you have a guy trying to take the party that ostensibly you were a part of in a direction that you ostensibly is your thing. So anyhow, I just.
0: Well, I think it's, you know, maybe if you're making a break with the right in such a way. Yeah, you can't. it's it's just too hard, uh, just too hard to do that. Plus, like the man has been smeared for years by this point as like a reactionary racist a lunatic. So it's like <laughs> I can fix him. <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna work. Right. Um, but I mean, he kind of has like somewhat grudging, kind of grudging respect for someone like Pat Buchanan, right? It's like there is that nub of at least like the economic program is like a reasonable reaction to what's been going on. Um, but because like the right has been so polluted with racism and bigotry mm-hmm. and anti-liberalism, um, you know, this This is just, this is the inevitable reaction to right. the failure of um, like the corporate. The, it's so hard. There's so many terms. That's the other thing. I was like, yeah. I, need, I need like a glossary of what you mean when you say things. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so actually like it's uh, it's in the very first chapter or something. It's like the very end. I don't, I don't know if I want to read it. Like he he basically he kind of he does tell us what's going to happen in the mm-hmm. next thirty years, right? Mm-hmm. He says, uh, what is this? Uh, there is not the slightest chance of conservative success, thus defined, which is like, I guess you would the conservative conservatism means like Newt Gingrich circa nineteen ninety four, right? Uh, The danger, rather, is that when the inevitable failure of conservative governance occurs, an angry populist will conclude that mainstream mainstream conservatism, as well as liberalism, has been discredited, and that Mm -hmm. the extremists of the populist and fundamentalist right will be well-placed to take advantage of popular alienation and wrath, having gained an unprecedented degree of legitimacy as a result of the the no-enemies-on-the-right policies adopted after 1992 by mainstream conservatism. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and, so, and that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's totally right. Kind of what happened. <laughs> Although the religion of the right is like, yeah, religion in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Atrophy to such a point that it's, it's kind of hard to. Yeah. Uh, to uh, credit them with anything. Um,
1: and it, it, just to say, uh, and so it's interesting, this no enemies to the right policy that he talks about is interesting. Like, I guess I never really thought about it, um, uh, but it seemed to be a very real thing. And, uh, it's part of the reason why he broke with uh, the right and it in particular is that Pat Robertson episode where
0: um, he exposed um, by reading a published book <laughs> by reading
1: a published book yeah. <laughs> um, Pat Robertson's just you know anti-Semitism and crazy conspiracy uh, uh, thinking and theor- theorizing and whatever prop you know proselytizing and the reaction from the right was, um, and he said the thing that the thing that really did it and truly really was, was the break was William Buckley had, um, an episode of firing line. I, I can kind of like in the aftermath of this, hadn't had an episode of firing line on religious, uh, you know, on religion and politics or something. Um, and Pat Robertson was his debating partner. Yeah. right on one side uh and john pod hortz not john pod hortz pardon me so wait mm-hmm. so so wait wait let me take this back um what was it it was no mitch dector gave him a pass completely said that pat robertson was fine uh norman pod hortz said that um uh you know it's true that you could read what Pat Robertson wrote as being anti Semitic, but he's been a very consistent friend of Israel, so yeah. it's okay. And uh, and, and Irving Crystal basically says something to the same effect. Um, to which Michael Lynn says, Well, you know, if you know, what if Farrakhan were to become a consistent friend of Israel, would they be okay with everything else? Yes, uh, yes, they,
0: yes, of course,
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, and and his point is, is that the stuff that um, Pat Robertson was putting out there was like 10 times worse than what the John Birch Society ever said. And Pat Robertson's um, organization numbered in the millions, whereas the John Birch Society at its height had like, you know, tens of thousands. Uh, And yet, you know, of course, famously Crystal excommunicated the Birchers. Um, and he's like, "Oh, something's changed here." And what? Yeah, you know, I thought that we would, you know, that we practice hygiene, and we don't. We have this new policy of no enemies to the right. Um,
0: and yep, that's, you know, I'll just say it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to cast my mind back, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm around when this is all happening. Yep. Listen to my Rush Limbaugh, big yep. ditto head. In middle school, <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, it, so as this stuff is as he's writing, right? We're getting Ruby Ridge, you're getting Waco, yeah, you're getting uh, the Oklahoma City bombing, and as someone who would listen to Rush Limbaugh, I mean, not when Ruby Ridge was happening, but there was definitely the. Um, when it came to the federales like slaughtering uh, conservative or right-wing religious kooks um, there was like the the, they got the michael tracy treatment from Mm -hmm. people like rush limbaugh Mm -hmm. right there was the it it was basically conspiracy well maybe it's true or not i mean who knows right it's (laughs) i don't know what happened in waco right but like it was always like the feds did it or There was a conspiracy. There's a cover up. There's this. There's that. And I'm sure that if there was some sort of black power commune in the middle of Oakland, that like George Bush's ATF had like blown up and set on fire, um, the right would not have had the same reaction. Right. And after Oklahoma City and like Bill Clinton's basic like attack on like the militia movement and right wing talk radio. There was definitely like a rally around the militia, yep. you know, vibe take, right? Like, at least from listening to people like Rush Limbaugh, right? It's like, you don't criticize these people because either one, you're playing into Clinton's hands and we don't want to do that for legal reasons, or no enemies to the right, right? Like, yeah, they're kooks. I'm not going to have them at my Manhattan penthouse for dinner, but there are kooks and we don't want to alienate them. So I don't know how far that went. Right. I mean, I'm pretty sure like like David Duke, I was a crazy Duke. David Duke was thrown out, right? By mm-hmm. Bush, but maybe that was before the so-called no enemies to the right uh, decision was made. Um I think that was a little I mean I mean it's like it's goes a little cat, right? Like yeah, the, yeah. the Republicans in the nineties yeah. even were still yeah, they had people like Jesse Holmes and like Strom Thurmond was around, but they were also definitely like courting African Americans and women and just like pushing these people these people uh, uh like heavily during like I remember the 96 convention they had like Liddy Dole or whatever like walking around like Oprah they had all of these people there I mean maybe they were tokenizing right but like it seems like if you're dog whistling racism you don't put women and black people up as, yeah. <laughs> as like the face of your party during your convention so again this like goes back to He's so angry. <laughs> right. That like and the timeline gets a little confusing because like so you you're obviously not a conservative and he never says he is. So then th- th- that's fine, right? Oh, that's interesting. I don't know if he if he does or doesn't. Yeah. I, I mean, he seems to imply that all along he is a neoconservative of like right. the, of the New Deal variety. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like he's very so many terms. Um well but but, like, uh, but but I'm sorry, but he I think
1: I think if he would say he's an Eisenhower Republican. Right, which means so, which I guess sure. might as well be a Democrat. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. And yeah, I'm trying not to use party labels, right, to stand in for uh, sure, like an ideology. But so you're in the right. I guess you're young, so you're, but you're, you're in the right since the '80s. Like you're not a stupid person. Like, but like all of these things, all like the the Southern strategy. Like right. dog whistling, all There's these not, things should, or, not or, it, or, yeah. should not be surprises to you. Should not be surprising to you. They've been happening since maybe you were like a little kid or at least in college. And it's not like it's new. People were talking about it. Like people on the left would have pointed out like these tactics. Um, so it's a little strange that like what broke you was Pat Robertson, right?
1: Well, I don't think it's Pat Robertson. I think it's the reaction to
0: sure that whole thing
1: yeah it was it was the you know
0: the uh uh circle of wagons around him that broke him yeah and he does point out that at least from his point of view maybe things were getting better yeah in the 80s and the early 90s in terms of like you said hygiene and you know know, fine like you're you're trying to have a career you're not going to get along with everybody in your movement you're probably going to hate a lot of them and dislike them and you're going to try to make things better but like a lot of the things he talks about, it's like, well, I mean, Bob Dole didn't create the Struthership. <laughs> like Newt Gingrich didn't do these things, right? They, they were, these things were accomplished before.
1: I don't know, I think Bob Dole probably did. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah, that's, a,
0: that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, I retract that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um But yeah, anyway, there, there was always like this thing of like, are you trying? Doth the lady protest too much? Right, like you—you yeah, yeah, you yeah. must have been aware of these things, and maybe again, maybe he just got too much. It's like, listen, I, I try to hang in there and steer things in the right direction because my my partisan loyalties—I you know, thought I could turn the Republicans into, you know, New Deal liberals. Yeah, which I find fucking bizarre.
1: Well, no, no, it's not bizarre, right? Like I but to I think that he, in the 80s. And okay, yes. But maybe he thought um how do I put it? Like uh it 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 probably would be just as hard on the democratic side. Right? Because I mean, he he talks about like p- part of what is integral to him, right? Is a very Mickey calsian uh type of egalitarianism right so he 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 throughout the book he criticizes um affirmative action um he is you know he he critiques um uh, free trade and uh, open borders in particular right uh and immigration so well it, it would have been just as hard i think to do it in a democratic party and maybe because he's culturally you know maybe more culturally conservative right yeah um he uh, i i imagine he's catholic I don't, I don't know um you know he just maybe found himself more over there right like and that's not crazy um he I, you know i i kind of am empathetic to him you know feeling like he doesn't have a a party Sure, right. And there's a lot of these people today, uh, uh, maybe maybe from a different uh, uh, persuasion or similar, you know, there are many different people who used to be squarely in the Republican Party or at least a movement, the conservative movement, who today find themselves kind of adrift, right, uh, without a clear uh, place. So, like, you know, I, I'm empathetic to that.
0: Sure. I mean, it's just... I guess it's just me looking backwards and yeah, the, yeah, yeah. that's not fair because he's, he's there, he's in the trenches. It's a different world. He would know more about what BC and what the movement was like in the late eighties. And I'm yeah. but yeah, it just like retrospectively, it just seems crazy. Like you should have known. Yeah. Um, or maybe, I don't know, but known, but like, at least realize like how hard it would be. It, to me, it does seem easier to bring it back to the libs yeah. to the Democrats. Like they were anti-free trade. They do have, this at least Not, rhetorical I'm, rhetorical connection to like unions and the workers even yeah. into the nineties. Yes, right. Um, but in the nineties, I'm, I'm sorry, Bill Clinton is, signed, is signing NAFTA. Right, but he's like break like that was the thing, right? Like he's, he's breaking with these people. He's
1: yeah, but uh, my point is that at that moment, uh, I, I guess whatever. I, I just think he's totally homeless and oh sure, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, one other. just to just to bring up uh unless you have another direction you want to go to just another nugget that i found interesting i just want to get your your take um was his explanation so of what happened to the neocons uh so he basically says you had a lot of new deal liberals who were also hawks but not like not insane bomb everything uh, reactionaries, right? Not not um, rollback types, but just you know, peace through strength, muscular, you know, uh, uh, you know the, the Soviets are a real problem, and we just need to be super, um, yeah, whatever. Um, JFK G- types, JFK, Patrick types, right? Who were nonetheless New Deal liberals, right? And they basically split. Some of them stayed in the Democratic Party, the Moynihans uh, of the world, the Scoop Jacksons of the world, and some of them, uh, you know, drifted over to the Republican Party, right? So you've got uh, Crystal and Pot Hortz and Nathan Glazer. The Glazer, I cannot remember. Um, but anyhow, what he points out, oh, certainly Burnham, right? Uh, what he points out Is Oh, and then the problem is, is that these guys, rather than try to, you know, at first they began to exert an influence um, of New Deal kind of thinking um, uh, of activist uh, government, I can solve problems, et cetera, on the right, but they quickly kind of abandoned that, right? So they definitely stuck to their hawkish uh, foreign policy uh, stuff, but they quickly became the kind of no enemies to the right. Republicans that would excuse Pat Robertson right because he was good on Israel or whatever right okay and he <laughs> says that um he says that one factor in that was um opportunism right like w- once your you know uh uh salary depends on you know once your salary is coming from AI I guess is one way to put it um you know you're gonna not gonna rock the boat in certain ways but he says that another factor um that he suspects is just as important uh, was what he calls inverted radicalism. He points out that all these people um, were former communists and uh, ex-radicals. He points to uh, James Burnham, Frank Meyer, Whitaker Chambers, uh, Willie Shallum, who I've never met, who I've never met, who I've never (laughs) heard of, uh, Wilmore Kendall. And he basically says, uh, oh, and and Crystal Pothortz and Novak, uh, too by the way. And all these people are all former communists, uh, or former radicals. And if you look at um their uh basically it's like total projection. <laughs> like they basically um turned it on its on its head where um the left or or the Democratic Party um became the enemy of the people, et cetera. Yeah. What did you, what did you think of that?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, it was interesting. I don't know like how true it is. Right. It would explain
1: it's, it's very Freudian in a way. It,
0: yeah. It's, it's hard because like, which means it's probably bullshit, but, it, but it's very interesting. <laughs> so like, is is it a supplier demand thing? Like, is there right. a demand for kind of vitriolic language where Jimmy Carter is an agent of the Kremlin right? <laughs> because he refuses to bomb Moscow or like, do people want to hear that? Or because you're kind of you know it's the what is it the zealotry of the converted you, like right. you stop not being a communist but you're still basically a lunatic <laughs> and um you still think and argue like a trotskyist right uh, which means you're like an unbearable asshole, and everyone who disagrees with you is automatically like negative 11 right, right. you're a nazi so when you when you're lo- no longer on the left anyone who disagrees with you is a communist and like that's just what you put out and it's successful. I, I don't know. Like, yeah. it, it, like the book is you know, he tries to do like social science and, and like political analysis and that, that sort of thing. I mean, it's hard to say, like it's all very like top down driven, right? So I I don't know like maybe it was just a happy coincidence that these people were around and and wanted to say the things that um, other people wanted to hear, um, but it, I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? Uh, on the other hand, like if you're involved in communist circles in the '30s and '40s, or even into the '50s, like maybe you realize, like, oh no, these people legit want to destroy right. your way of life. Like that's what that's what I was trying to do. It, it's super dangerous. It's not like a joke. It's not like the thing you do in college, <laughs> and then like move on it's a real active threat to our entire way of life i don't know if that gives you license to call everyone to the left of you a communist (laughs) (laughs) uh and i'm not sure like how often that happened You, you know is it just i mean i guess it happens now obama was a communist right um yeah i mean is it just playing into like stupid like you know, retail politics. Like that yep. that's that's just what you say. Yep. Whereas on the left, everyone who disagrees with you is a racist. Um <laughs> uh but yeah I mean there that's the thing like there are these like little nuggets in the book that are that are interesting, that are funny. Um we'll get to the the line about how his explanation of uh, uh modern at cons- the conservative movement <laughs> that you shared with me a while back. Um mm-hmm. yeah. But, I mean, I think that's, like, something that, um, like, anti-interventionist people have pointed out about neocons, right? They're, they're like, not conservative. Right. They're, like, revolutionary. and they're radicals. They're radicals. And in the same way that, like, the Soviet Union believed in world, like, government on the Soviet side, these people just believe in the, the, the opposite. They believe in American, like, hegemony. And maybe it's not a coincidence that that's the way they think. Uh, I don't know, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he it, it, the the neocon explanation was a little confusing as well. It's like, it, it, like his his point is like the neocons kind of failed, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they they failed by by giving in to the racist, anti-Semitic far right wing of the Republican Party, um, but. I mean, maybe they were never that interested in these social issues to begin with, right? Like we see it now. Well, and and the ones that were maybe stayed Democrats, right? Sure, right, but like Bill Kristol. Yeah, right. So he's now a liberal Democrat again, or is, or whatever, right? But like, what is the one thing that has stayed consistent with a lot of these people? It's like the foreign policy stuff. So maybe he was the one who misunderstood like what the point of this movement was. It was like anti-Soviet, you know, foreign policy slash anti-Russia, foreign policy slash like um, American hegemony. Right. And like, I don't, maybe he just didn't see it. Maybe he missed it. Maybe he doesn't want to talk about it. Um, but that's another explanation is like, you know, sometimes you just find a home and you don't really believe in the stuff that you're talking about outside of your one kind of big pet issue. And that would explain why they didn't really care about Pat Robertson. Is like uh, nobody reads his books. <laughs> nobody cares except for millions of people, but that's okay. Well, I mean, but they do. But they're like, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they're like, they're going to really, vote for us no matter what. Yeah, they're so. going to they're going to support Israel anyway. Yeah. Like they don't really understand what he's talking about. Um. So like, whatever, it's fine. Like, yeah, I prefer that he not talk about this sort of stuff. And I'm definitely not inviting him for Passover. But like. <laughs> like, okay, um, you know, it's for the greater good, uh, and yeah, like if they were that interested in liberalism, they wouldn't feel that way. But maybe they really weren't. Maybe they had other priorities. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So. <laughs> uh,
1: all they're right, still,
0: they're still here. I mean, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they still are. It's kind of weird for for having lost. They're like the one remaining remnant of like '90s conservatism that's still functioning. Uh, in both parties, and mm-hmm. everyone else is like just got got beat up by MAGA. <laughs> uh,
1: all right, um, that's pretty much all I want to say. Is okay. there anything? I mean, uh, as I say, the the latter chapters just start going, just start basically taking every issue under the sun, from taxes to education to Uh, yeah, whatever constitutional theory and pointing out why conservatives are wrong or, you know, the conservatism Inc has been wrong on every single one.
0: Yeah. And the, the last half or even last two thirds of the book is just a series of like New York review of books. Yeah. Articles about why um, everyone to the right of you is a raving racist and (laughs) neo uh, uh, crypto Confederate. I mean, that's essentially what it is. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, which may or may not be true. I leave it to the reader. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: his, his, his the chapter of the Constitution called the chapter is called the Confederate Theory of the Constitution. Right. That pissed me off because he's again that's he's wrong. Uh, but anyhow, or maybe you're a
0: Confederate. Jerry.
1: Maybe I'm a Confederate. But he says, uh, I'm sorry. This is this is the thing that I wrote down to to uh, dunk on. Uh, For generations, American conservatives have presented themselves as the valiant defenders of the U.S. Constitution, the faithful guardians of the sacred character, Charter of American Liberty, against liberal uh, misinterpretation and subversion. At the same time, they have shown an increasing willingness to tinker with the document in the pursuit of short-term partisan goals. Almost all proposals for constitutional amendments that have gained attention and support in recent years have come from the right. Now, asshole... <laughs> Could it be that the reason that there's so many um, amendments pro- being proposed by people on the right is that the people on the right fucking respect the way that you change the Constitution, okay, which is through amendments as prescribed by the Constitution, rather than what the left does, which is just change it, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone? Just, we are going to reinterpret it, yeah. Yeah. Well, so if, if you just, lo- if you loved it, why would you want to change it, Jerry? Yeah, but yeah. Think about it. Think, think about, about it. it. Yeah, uh, so I think that sort of analysis just uh, it, it, like you said, it makes you wonder just, like wait, what like, else? if you get if you get this fact. Right. You know, sometimes that's not fair, yeah. right? Like maybe you make a mistake or like that's my interpretation. I'm telling you what it is. If you don't <laughs> like it, stop reading. Fine. But if you make kind of everything as a bad faith interpretation right. or you get right. facts like Father Coughlin is like a, a right-winger. It's like, no, he's like an anti, like there are more left-wing anti-Semites. There's a lot hmm. of them in your party or, well, whatever. He's partyless, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, it just makes you, it makes the book look like preaching to the choir. Right. Which for people, is. yeah, and it's like, is this just a bunch of like nation in New York Review of Book articles for people that aren't gonna like check any of this stuff, right? Um. And unfortunately, kind of, right? Like, his economics is terrible. It goes without saying. (laughs) Um, You you know, you can kind of obviously quibble with the way things have gone and, like, the true effects of trade with China and freer trade and crony capitalism and all those things. Like, a lot of it, some of those things are bad, and Republicans do a very bad job of uh, addressing them because – you know they're scumbags a lot of them <laughs> uh, sorry to say right they aren't actually defenders of the constitution or of the free market they're just shills for their constituencies uh, i guess welcome to politics uh that's just right. the way it works like a lot of democrats don't actually care about black people i'm pretty sure so um you know but he doesn't really you know that's not really what he's about right he wants to like bring back the unions and you know really clamp down on free trade and do all these things that's like it's like yeah it all sounds nice and it's gonna make us poorer right like maybe some people will be better off like yeah fine but like overall this stuff doesn't really work it, it, so like it's interesting he never brings up like maybe the reason why a lot of people turned away from new deal liberalism or you know conservatism or like National liberalism, is it failed spectacularly in the 70s, mm-hmm. right? Like, because of the, the Vietnam War and stagflation and just the overall feeling of, like, this stuff doesn't work.
1: I don't know, Stanley. I think I, <laughs> I think it might be
0: uh, Nixon taking us off the gold standard. That's true. I mean, probably, right? Yeah. Arch-conservative Richard Nixon, right? Who's, like, a super-liberal <laughs> Republican. It's like, well, but you were getting what you wanted right you had Mm. you had kennedy i mean you had eisenhower kennedy johnson nixon right okay that's like 20 plus years right of basically kind of center left center right muddling along and i know things kind of took a turn towards the end there (laughs) (laughs) but it's not like Deal liberalism wasn't based on sucking up to the south Right. Like mm-hmm. that's part of why the whole coalition fell apart. Right. Um, so there's never any, there's never any soul searching about like, maybe our ideas aren't that great. Some of them. Right. It's always the other guy's fault. And or, like,
1: uh, or hear me out here. Um, uh, go ahead. Admitting that there's a cost and you're, and it's, you'd say, you think it's worth it. Yeah, as our
0: uh, friend of the pod, Mickey Kowals, correct would do. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, it's probably going to lower GDP, and maybe overall we're all poorer for it. Well, some of us, but that's the price you pay. It's like you pay taxes to have a police force. Hmm. I guess you could be richer <laughs> if you didn't do that, but um, yeah, and there's no real.
1: Yeah, and that's a personal. That's fine. Then let's have a election, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um. um...
0: Yep. Can we read, can one of us read the section on what the conservative movement is? Please, I'll use that. I hear. have it. Yeah. So this is, so a lot of the funny parts in the book are not actually from him, but anyway. Yes, <laughs> true. <laughs> so quote, a friend of mine who was a veteran of the conservative movement, probably you, Jerry, summed up modern conservatism in a single sentence. Quote, conservatism consists of Midwestern foundations paying Jewish and Catholic intellectuals in the Northeast to tell Southern Baptists why they should vote for Sunbelt politicians. I mean, it's... No comment. not wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that's been my experience.
0: Yeah. Although, I don't know if Bush was a Sunbelt politician. It's like from the name.
1: Yes. I, I, I think um, he was born. I guess he was born in Connecticut, huh? He grew up in Crawford.
0: I mean, Bush the Elder?
1: Oh, oh, oh I thought you were talking about W.
0: No no, because he he, he, he then he says Nixon, Reagan, Bush, and it's like I don't think Bush is a Sunbelt politician.
1: Oh, interesting. The uh, guy is like I, I I'm so sorry. When I when I read that sentence, I was taking that Bush in parentheses to be W. w. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Um, no, but Bush was um, a congressman from Texas. Sure. When
0: he uh, yep, So I guess so. Fine. Yep. Fair, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did that Connecticut accent play in Crawford? <laughs> Houston or wherever he was from? Um, so that's funny. There's like little funny bits here and there because he's just so snarky. Yeah, um, yeah, and it really is just like the book itself is just, like if you maybe ignore some I mean, maybe don't read most of it, but just like read the the, the beginning. And some of the later chapters it is like watching somebody break up <laughs> right but in a way it's like i am throwing all your shit in the, in the front yard i'm setting um all of your baseball cards on fire like there's no going back
1: uh-huh.
0: and in, i don't know if it's like if he's being genuine i'm sure it's genuine but like it's a signal right since we're being cynical here right? it's a signal to the left or to somebody although i guess it didn't really work but it's a signal to the enemies of your former allies that I am serious, right? Like you can trust me because I have completely, I i not not only blew up the bridges, I burnt the wreckage. <laughs> well, and uh, I, I threw ashes in their faces. Shortly
1: after this, he became one of the co-founders of the New America Foundation.
0: Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. Uh,
1: and then he had falling out with them.
0: <laughs> right, so, and now he is, he is back to being kind of like, yeah, politically homeless. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's still kind of writing about the same things, the right? Same he's stuff, writing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like the the profession I don't know, did he invent PMC professional managerial class?
1: What about it? Oh, did he invent it? No. The term, okay. No, no, that, oh, one, that, that was like a that was, was, that was way before right? no, that's
0: not, yeah. um I think it might have been
1: Burnham. No, 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 no. It was um Jesus. It's uh It was Jesus. No, we 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 re- we read him um uh, Blash invented? it was lash
0: okay it was one of those guys then yeah you're right but he's he's helped popularize it uh in in today's time um and yeah i mean he's still kind of going on about the same stuff i mean i you know i don't read him too much even though i've saved a lot of his articles right he writes for he writes for publications that are kind of national liberal right he writes for the tablet Mm -hmm. which i think he would just describe as like yeah these are kind of like new deal conservatives or something like that right Mm -hmm. um because they're very like anti-tech monopoly but kind of pro muscular foreign policy and and like pro humanism and that sort of thing um so he writes for them and then he writes for like other random outlets and stuff and it's kind of the same stuff right it's yep but now he's dealing with like MAGA. (laughs) yeah that's the thing yep like Congratulations! A, you won. I, I mean, uh, I guess he would say or, like, this is, is here. No, no, right. This is like he said, like this is what happens when you uh, when you meet a stranger in the Alps, Larry. Like <laughs> I, I told you, like you're the right has been selling a bunch of lies to people. Uh, the Dems are basically as bad on this stuff as the Republicans are. So all of these people that believed in Barack Obama, they they ran away, right? Nice. <laughs> and voted for this like shyster oh i'm not allowed to say that uh (laughs) this this uh this huckster right this clown um who's like even worse than pat Buchanan because like pat Buchanan is like an intellectual of some sort right like maybe believes what he's what he's saying at least and now it's so bad that we people have been reduced to voting for an obvious like circus barker and yeah i mean i i'd have to read what he writes but i assume he thinks it's like getting worse <laughs> uh right. so
1: we'll pick up his next
0: book oh i mean yeah he's written like <laughs> so many books uh since since then but yeah maybe we'll pick up his latest and see see what he's what he's done we'll see we'll give it some time yeah i think his tone has basically stayed the same he's still very <laughs> uh very angry um mm-hmm. would you recommend
1: Ah. Uh it's for a very specific uh, like no i i don't think i would like recommend this book out of the blue right like it's yeah. um
0: i don't think it rises above like all the other kind of partisan anti-right books written in the 90s through today
1: if any i mean if anything i would especially for like a young uh doe eyed uh Careful. you know <laughs> uh um you know uh, youngster on the right coming coming in i might tell him to read uh, i think it's chapter 3 the 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 one about the conservative movement his caricature of the conservative movement just because it it's like um it's inaccurate but true That's sure um j- just to be like you know just be aware Right? right, like don't be aware. Like when you're when you're very, you know, idealistic, uh, you kind of maybe lose sight of what's really happening. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, th- th- I found that uh, that that's when I started reading that chapter. Is when I said, oh, I should make this a web thing, and then the book went off a cliff after that. After <laughs>
0: that, uh, so well, you know, it was it was it was all right. It was yeah, it was just hard to. It's hard to get into, for yep. me, unfortunately. Yeah.
1: Well, you, you know, we've been on a good streak, so. Uh,
0: hey, you, they can't. They can Can't blame you. me. Uh, yeah, I think I can. <laughs> you, you blame me. I never blame it. Okay. Uh, all
1: right, Stably. So speaking next of, time. Speaking
0: of blame, here we go. Blame.
1: Yeah. Uh, your pick for next time: the world behind the world. Consciousness, free will, and the limits of science by Eric Hole. Or Howell? Howell? Hoel? Hoel? H O E L. I think it's Hoel. Um This is about God. Are you gonna fucking tell this me is, something? This is not about you God. Have, I, I knew once you moved south, this is only a
0: matter of time. Okay, Jerry. I'm just I'm just asking if yeah. you've heard the good word. <laughs> okay. Uh yeah. I'm uh, looking forward to it because
1: we've been doing a lot of politics I think lately. So this will be a good. Yeah. We're back to um,
0: the nonsense that you always made us read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's going to be great. All right. All right, Stably. See
1: you next time.
0: All right, Jerry. Bye.